Hello and welcome to another episode of Courageously Authentic. My name is Alana Kapeski. Every time we feel heavy, we are met with an opportunity to bring light to it. We cannot fix it, but we can contribute to the collective consciousness that identifies that certain things are wrong and should not be happening. An impactful quote from Carrie Ann Knox. Carrie Ann, a certified biofeedback practitioner for 20 plus years, joins me today to discuss the science behind biofeedback and its benefits through a spiritual lens. We delve into how our bodies store memories and experiences and how that can grant us insight into our mind, body, and spirit presently. As the saying goes, we cannot change what we don't acknowledge. Biofeedback is a tool and gateway to help us bridge the gap between our conscious self and our unconscious or highest self. It is a means to help us heal, transform, and transcend beyond current limitations and restrictions that keep us from ascending into all that we are meant to be and more. Biofeedback in conjunction with Carrie Ann's highly intuitive and spiritual nature is an experience like no other. You won't want to miss this episode. I hope you enjoy. Hi. You look lovely. You do too, beautiful. Oh, thank you. I'm sitting in candlelight to try to calm myself down. (laughs) Yeah, no, it looks very nice. Very nice ambiance. How are you? Carrie Ann, I had a crazy day. Oh, it has been a blast from the past. I've been crying most of the day to tell you the truth. (laughs) And just, I don't know what's going on. And I want to actually share this with you, if you don't mind, before we get into the interview. I am. So just a lot from the past has been coming up. Okay. And, you know, and I was just like, I was at a metaphysical store on the weekend and the owner, Pauline at Abundance and Whippy, I don't know if you've ever been, but she, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, I might. Yes. Okay. is her last name, maybe. Maybe I don't recall her okay. last name, but anyways, I, I went in, I went to get a gift for my cousin for her birthday. And she, uh, she said, I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of stuff going on in the store. And she's like, whatever energies and forces she was alluding to, like something else is really yeah. trying to stop this awakening from happening right now. And yes. And then I'm, I'm going to share this with you. And I just shared it with my brother this evening. I have not shared it before. Every time I do a podcast, every single episode to date, something significant happens the day of the podcast. And I'm like, here I am making this connection. I'm like, I am trying to put something good into the world right now. And it's like something is trying to stop me. It's so true. Yes. I want to run. I want (laughs) to run for the hills, but I'm not going to. No. And that's what I said. I said, I'm not stopping. Like, I'm going to keep going. And it's like, I don't care. It's not that I don't care, but regardless of how I'm feeling or what's going on, I'm making right. these commitments and these conversations yeah. are happening regardless. <sighs> That's my attitude on that. <laughs> powerful, powerful, powerful. <laughs> yes. But um, so I just wanted to share that because. It, well, thank it, you for sharing. And I think that uh, there is validity in that. And I think those of us that are trying to bring light or do anything that sort of steps outside of the box, it becomes incredibly challenging. Yes. Because we're met with fear. We're met with, well, what could be done to us if we speak outside of the box? Yeah. Right. So it's challenging. I get it. And, and for me, this 
particular um, modality. Like I'm not comfortable with this, but I'm going to go with it and see. I'll answer your questions. We'll have a great conversation. (laughs) We will. And is it the Zoom, the recording? What are you not comfortable with? I think, you know, it's very interesting. I'm doing this, these other courses and another thing. And I think what it is, is that I am mostly what I think I bring to this modality and all the other things comes from a place I can't, my, my so-called accredited things, I don't live there anymore. Right. So I just want to speak from here and I don't want my, so it was funny when you sent me, I said, like, just send me your thing or your whatever degrees you have. That's when I was like, but this is not about that. That is another life I had. Yes. And I think my resistance is if you want to judge me on my degrees, I don't want, I'm, I'm out. Yes. Right. That's a very, and I never thought of it that way to look at it from that point of view, because we're so programmed to believe that, okay, who is she, but what's her background? What's her education? Right. What gives her the right to speak? And we're coming from a very different place. Yes. And so for me, the work I do now has nothing to do with that. Nothing. Zero. I don't discredit it, but it's not what I'm about anymore. Yes. And if, well, you were, we're not be, I don't know. Well, I don't hang them anymore because to me, they're just something of a different world. Right. Yes. And when it comes to healing and moving forward, if we were to, re- to remove all of those, the boxes. Yes. This is how we're going to, this is how we're actually going to get where we go. Absolutely. Um, right? Yeah. I, right on that note, though, when you talk about coming from a different place and how you receive information and insight, and it's very intuitive and gut felt and heartfelt. This weekend, I was doing um, right now in the ladies meditation group, we're working on the chakras, and nice. I'm doing the heart chakra. That's the lesson that I've taken up. I thought it was fitting. So <laughs> I was doing this research, Christine had given me books, and I was reading and then I was trying to make it so by the book. And it, yes. I was just so resentful. I was so resentful because then I started writing from the heart and giving what felt right to me to share with others. Yeah. And then I was trying to put myself back in that box. No, it has to be a matter of so. It has to be, you know, something yes. that people can reference. And it just didn't feel good. It can't. No. It doesn't resonate in your heart. There's no it, way it can. No, and it's somebody else's message, which it's, I'm grateful to receive, but it's not my message. Yes, yes. So that's where I think my trepidation, my fear is just all my life. I've been put in these places where people want me to go and talk and give these talks, and do the, but it's from their box. Yes. I don't, that's not who I am today. And sometimes I might say something on a Tuesday, which would be whatever, but on a Friday, it might be completely different because yes. it's just coming from where it comes. And I try not to question and I try to stay in a place of gratitude and a place of complete openness. So that was where I was more just, I will answer your questions and I can, I look forward to this conversation, but I don't, I don't want to be, I'm, I'm choosing no longer to be in the box where you can judge me based on my certificates because they're there. But, um, I guess that's where I'm at. 
Thank you. And I really do have an appreciation for that. And I completely yeah. understand. And I know the people listening to this are going to understand too. So, because it's a piece of paper and it's something yeah. that I had to regurgitate facts. I had to provide uh, whatever the criteria was to get the piece of paper. And I did so. However, and I don't just credit that system per se, because I learned a lot. The education, there is no bad education. That's none. Right. Every time you're learning, it's just an incredible opportunity. However, for me, it's more about what are we doing in this moment? And this moment's going to change. Yes, absolutely. It's constantly evolving, constant, minute by minute. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that, Karen. Thank you. And so the reason I had you on, as you know, with Courageously Authentic, I am exploring a whole bunch of different avenues of different ways of coming back to who we are. Okay. You know what I mean? So through cutting cords, I did biofeedback with you. My intention is a, to further connect with myself through this process and have other people join the experience with me in hopes that a light bulb moment will go off for them. And it has a trickle effect on their own journey. And so I'm experiencing different things. I'm, I'm meeting like people like yourself that are just coming into my life so naturally, um, which is incredible. Um, but biofeedback, we had our first experience together and I was blown away. Um, so if you don't mind first sharing, I know you've already told me through our meeting with Christine, but if you don't mind sharing with the audience, just um, how you came to be in biofeedback, like what brought you to this place? Okay. So my traditional career previous to biofeedback involved um, psychology and that's where I'm trained. And there's a few things that I was busy doing. Um, I was a psychologist. I am somebody who did social work and all of those things. However, my firstborn came to me just in a different, he came with a bunch of um, missing pieces, perhaps, but maybe there were things going on that I couldn't understand that traditional or conventional thinking theory practice. All of those things did not apply. And so I started seeking alternative um, modalities, if you want to say, just trying to understand perhaps why this particular soul was resonating or behaving in a way that traditional approaches did not apply. So he was like the goldfish in the bowl that was being told to go and collect the coconut in the tree. And I couldn't figure out how to help facilitate him to get that coconut in the tree. And then biofeedback is just this collective understanding of our bodies are this, um, they store all of our experiences. They, They help us understand where we're at. What are we resonating at? What are we reacting to? And so my eldest child, I took him to a a clinic downtown Toronto back in the day. That's 20 years ago. Um, And it was explained to me that his overall resonant frequency, the the very essence of what makes him tick in this this particular realm of understanding, far, it just resonates so high that he doesn't know how to somehow assimilate into everyday um society i guess Mm -hmm. and so i started using biofeedback to understand the way he reacts his reactivity his right is bioresidency were there particular um uh, 
chemical things going on or foods contributing to different levels of me not understanding what made him react. And this is what a light bulb went off for me when someone said he just resonates so high. His vibrational frequency is beyond what we currently understand in the third dimensional world, which is earth. Mm -hmm. And I recall sort of having these conversations with him as a, like a baby and as a two-year-old, a four-year-old. And I used to say things like, you know, you've come here to do great things. I don't know where that came from, Alana, but as his mother, I knew that. But as we would go through school age, sports, whatever came down the pipe, he just, he was that missing, his puzzle piece didn't fit the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And biofeedback for me helped me understand it's never going to fit the puzzle. So what are the vibrational resonant memories, cellular memories, muscular memories, however you want, whatever language it was, what did you come in with that we need to help you get in touch with? Because the th- coming here as a human being, we choose to have the emotional experience. Sometimes people come in, though, without the toolbox to deal with the emotional experience. Mm-hmm. So for me, biofeedback became this modality that helped us tap into what are those potential tools that you don't have? It could be a karmatic tie. It could be a cellular memory that you're not aware of. And so through my firstborn child, I started to understand that he came in vibrationally, like so much higher than what this particular reality, if that's the right word, I don't know if that's the right word. um, They don't understand. He knows things he shouldn't know. He executes on levels he shouldn't. But when it comes down to rule following, or fitting the mold. He just doesn't do that. And so I think. Because he's not meant to. I, pardon me? Because he's not meant to. <laughs> he, he doesn't isn't meant yeah. to. But I think until you know that as a parent, you seek, um, you seek understanding to try to figure out how to make him fit. Like how do sure. we make him fit in? How do yeah. we, how do we make this work? And then when I saw my very first biofeedback practitioner, this is again, 20 years ago, and it was explained to me, like you just said, Lana, it's never going to fit. I was like, there was like this light bulb moment. And I started saying to him, it's okay that you don't fit. And it was in that moment that in so many ways, his heart soared, his yeah. soul soared. But it still didn't make it easier for him to execute here. Right. He still had because to learn. Because it's like, it, it's two different languages that that makes any sense. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so this is what took me down that journey. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to take this on. Got on a plane, flew to, at that point, um, where did I go? I went to Denver, went to Colorado. And just immersed myself in learning this modality to try to understand the science behind how we got here. Yes. So that's how it all started. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that story. When you were talking about your son, it brought tears to my eyes when you told him, you know, you're not meant to fit or it's not that he's not meant to, but the, the acceptance. And I could yes. just feel that child 
with a weight lifted off its shoulder when the parent comes to the child to say that to them, that it's okay. <laughs> it's okay that you don't fit. And if you are, if you do happen to be the goldfish in that, that tank on the table and the education system tells to you, and this is a meme, everybody has seen it, but it's so powerful. How does the goldfish go climb up that tree and get that, that coconut? How does that happen? You don't have the equipment to do it. You what don't. Equipment, yeah. Right. And so for a society to say you don't fit in or you don't fit the mold, how is that even possible? Because if you're a goldfish, that's who you are. Yes. Simple. It is simple. Yep. And then when you went to Denver and you immersed yourself in this initially, I want to, I want the audience to understand the background and the science behind this kind of technology. And I know you shared that at Christine's. Can you go into that a little bit so people understand that this isn't just popping out of thin air? Right. Okay. Now, this is a concept that a lot of people have some challenges with. However, so if we believe that we are all um, just these bodies of cells, and that is our science, well, cells have to resonate at a certain frequency, and that is measurable. So if you think about a, um, like a tuning fork, like if, I, if I'm tuning a piano and I come in and I hit high C and I want Alana to resonate at high C, but I can put a device on her and I can have this collection of um, frequencies that tells me Alana's not reaching high C at the moment. Mm -hmm. And there could be multiple reasons as to why she isn't. So this is a measurable device. And so the, the tuning fork, back to the tuning fork. So I hit high C, everybody should resonate at high C, but for some reason, the, the person is not. The science behind this is we are all a collection of frequencies. Therefore, they are measurable in and out. So why isn't Alana, for example, or Carrie whoever it is, not resonating at high C? And it could be a lot of trauma is involved. It could be um, the individual has come in with things that they're not even cognitively or consciously aware of that affect their overall resonant frequency. So this device that I currently work with, which is biofeedback, is a collection of frequencies that are designed to uh, send out, a, uh, this is the healthy frequency. Are you there? It's kind of like a roll call. Healthy heart. Are you there? Yep. Healthy kidneys. Are you there? Yep. Um, emotions. How are you doing? And there is this scientist. He was a physicist who started understanding that if I can measure, if we can take a 3000 ton vehicle and send it to space, through quantum physics, mm -hmm. because we're measuring, how do we make this 10,000 pound thing? And I, I, my numbers here are not, you know, but my point is how do we send this into multiple dimensions, which are space, be able to communicate, be able to send frequencies. So something's happening along the, the ship and it's not, it's not maybe perhaps performing the way they want to, Using biofeedback, quantum physics, this is very, very simplifying it. You can alter the um, experience or alter what the responses are using that science. And so that is the essence of how we came down to biofeedback. We use frequencies 
that are measured by what is a healthy frequency. A heart resonates at a very specific frequency. Therefore, are you there? Mm -hmm. And if you're not, okay, why? Is it old trauma? Is it old um, things that are going on? And so biofeedback is very powerful at showing you where have you stored all of these perhaps unhealed traumas, but it could also be great, amazing, wonderful things that you haven't moved past. You could be stuck there. Right. And if we are truly trying to be an evolved human being on planet Earth and doing everything we want to do, how do we figure out where we store these things on our body? Right. So the science is where is that in your body? And Sim- to simplify it, someone comes into her for a biofeedback session and a, and a practitioner says, there's something going on in your hip. And what do you mean? My hip doesn't bother me. There's nothing wrong with my hip. However, if you get into the emotions and you realize this client is dealing with something and you help facilitate them to understand this is where you're storing it is in your hip. Right. And the, the, there's other modalities that have said when stuff is stored in the hip, you're stuck. You're not moving forward because that is your apex. That's how we move forward. I'm laughing, Carrie Ann, because I have a sore (laughs) hip sometimes. Something we need to work on next time. (laughs) Well, and and it's such a pivotal part of our bodies. And I think we've been trained that, oh, my, my hip is sore. Oh, my knee is sore. My, you know, what we get stuck in the anecdotal stuff instead of understanding that our bodies are communicating to us. Yes. And so Biofeedback is just one modality that potentially provides you with an avenue to say, this is what your body is communicating to you. Yes. Now, anytime I have an ache somewhere, I go further. It's not just an ache or, oh, I fell when I was figure skating when I was younger. It's probably just presenting itself. Now I get curious about it. I'm like, what could this be? When is it presenting itself? Where am I when it's happening? And frankly, it's actually happening at my mom's house presently up north. That's whenever I get it. So I'm like, this is interesting. And so I, I have more questions now and I don't just let it be, oh, it's because of this or because of that. I get curious about it. And so that brings me to another point. When we had our session, I said, I came to you with an open heart and an open mind that day. And I was open to receiving and everything you just about said, a couple of things caught me off guard maybe at first, but when I really thought about it, I'm like, no, I can understand this or I have an awareness around it. Um, So I had an open heart, open mind, everything you said. And maybe this is because I'm aware and I'm, I'm coming into a very aware space right now. And there's lots of changes going on. I'm working with a lot of people such as yourself. Um, so nothing threw me off guard. But how important is it to come into a session with an open heart and open mind? And do you find that you're often met with resistance because people are closed off when they come to see you? 100%. And, and one of the very most, like a very powerful example of that is that Whatever we harbor, whatever our fears are, we could be walking into in, in a in an up um, into an experience. For for example, biofeedback, and you ask people to have an open heart, but in their mind and their soul, they are so committed that you're going to provide them answers to one thing, whatever that is, because they've decided this is going to give them the answers that they need, and it could be something like I'm terrified of breast cancer. Let, let, let's use breast cancer because it's, we're all women, you know? Yes. And of course 
um, you come in and whatever, and you sit in a biofeedback session and nobody ever mentions breast cancer. And what happens to the client sometimes in those things is that this doesn't work. I wanted to know whether I have breast cancer or not, but they lose sight of the fact that in that session, they're being shown that there are some emotional traumas that have to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. There are some stored muscular, cellular memory stuff based in their life experience that must be looked at. How do we, how do we look at this and how do we heal it and how do we let it go? To expand on that, if that is based in fear or trauma or rage or those things, these are the emotions that will eventually become breast cancer. Right. However, you could present yourself in a biofeedback session with a practitioner and it's not going to show up on the device because long before we get to the breast cancer, we've got to deal with, there's some trauma here. Yes. There is some some serious uh, stored cellular memory of pain, of fear, of abandonment, for example, of complete, I don't know, utter despair. You wouldn't really truly know until you go through the experience. So back to the client sitting in the chair, do I have breast cancer or not? Well, that's kind of ultimately up to the client. However, however, there's an opportunity to look at where are you storing what you don't want to look at. And quite often, some people, many people, many clients will say, I did that work. I've done that work. Well, that's amazing. But maybe we just need to expand it even just one little bit further and say, okay, you've done the work, but why is it still here? Yes. Why am I showing you that you have a trauma here at the age of 12? And that trauma is around perhaps an emotional conflict with whatever, parent, mother, father, God, spirit. It it really doesn't matter. But it's an opportunity for the client to look at it and go, but I don't know. And it's okay to not know. Yes. It is 100% okay to not know. Mm -hmm. And as the practitioner, like I'm only a practitioner, I don't know either. I can simply relay to you, this is what your body is communicating on a frequency level through a biofeedback device. Yes. So we open up the opportunity for a conversation. And quite often people will leave a biofeedback session and they'll be like, I don't understand what happened. I have no, under- I have no attachment to the information I was just provided. And like you just shared, I might even have resistance to the information that was just provided. Mm -hmm. So the openness comes down to, can you walk away with it with an open heart, an open understanding that you've just had an opportunity provided to you that you couldn't consciously interfere with? Yes. Isn't that a magical thing? It's absolutely magical. And like you say, Carrie Ann, even after our session, I'm, I'm still getting stuff coming through. It takes time, but it it's does. just allowing the process to take, I call it in divine time, things will present itself when they're meant to. But because I had the conversation with you and I was open and willing to participate, I, I will then go forward and be like, ah, that's what Carrie Ann was talking about. Ah, yes, this is it. 
you know, and it presents itself and it's just being patient with the process and having yes. faith in the process, Yes, you know, because I had a psychic reading before I made a big decision in my life. And yes, at the time I was extremely guarded and I did not want to hear what she had to say, but yes. it's now two years out and things are still clicking from that conversation. Yes. You know? And so, and like you say, it's that opportunity to hopefully prevent things from repeating itself or like, for example, um, the breast cancer, you know, if there's some block, let's clear all this shit out. So it doesn't escalate to that point. Correct. You know, and even if we don't know what it is, or we can't, we're we're not fully attached to what it is you're saying or the information you're bringing forward. Um, I would go home and say, you know, I release this with a loving, grateful heart and help me. And I will ask my guides and I'll ask spirit to help guide me. Or if I need to see something, please show me that's for the greatest and highest good so that I can release this. And I might not know in that moment, but I just know that I'm asking for help and support in the process. That is, that is that there, that very um, sentence and, and clear understanding is the essence of why we are here. having the human experience but unfortunately what happens along the way is we've been taught guidelines we've been taught rules we've been taught structure and so we lose sight of the indicators that our body gives us but our body is not just our physical body we have our physical body we have our mental body we have our emotional body we have our etherical body which is a spiritual body. And unfortunately, based on just the world as it is today, people want to fight about what that means. And right. it really doesn't matter what you, what ring you throw your hat in. That That is just a personal choice. But at the end of the day, it is where are you at and how can you receive from whatever yeah. you choose, if that's a spiritual part. Mm-hmm. But trying to educate, not maybe even educate, but just trying to bring to the surface that it doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter if you walked in here as a Catholic priest, if you were a Hasidic Jew, if you were a practicing Muslim, if you, we all have emotions. We all have these things that define who we are. And it's, it's, it's perhaps providing an awareness. Where do we store it? And if we store it, therefore, our bodies, our physical bodies at this point, are providing us this manifest manifestation to say, hey, this is unbalanced. There's no balance here. In so many ways, biofeedback offers the opportunity to show you this is unbalanced. How can we provide balance? No judgment. Yes. Just how do we provide balance? And so back to the idea of breast cancer if you walk into a room and you are determined to be told whether or not you have breast cancer it's educating someone that the power of your thoughts yes you can manifest into whatever you want it to be that's right and so that let's let's go let's i don't care how old the age the client is and i say No, there is no evidence of breast cancer that I can see based on current, like today, this minute, this second, this test. Mm -hmm. But if I didn't provide you the answers you want as your practitioner and you leave and you're determined, you have breast cancer. I am not myself, the universe, we can't be responsible for what you choose to manifest. Right. 
Does that make sense? It absolutely like, does. Yeah. And so I could be telling you or this particular person, listen, we need to educate your kidneys. We need to flush out your kid. No, no, I'm not here about my kidneys. I want to know about breast cancer. Well, hang on a minute. If we deal with the kidneys, we can't manifest disease, mm-hmm. right? Positive energy. Our bodies are just information in, information out, energy in, energy out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Carrie, and I'm just observing everything you're saying. I'm like, where do I take this next? (laughs) Yeah. So then who would you say, um, who would be um, a good candidate for biofeedback? Is it anybody? Is, should you be, um, have a willingness to be open when you go? Like, is there a particular candidate or yeah. What's your take on that? You know, it's very interesting. Like, you know, 20 years ago, I would have said that biofeedback perhaps existed in a, in a, in an avenue that a lot of people couldn't understand. So therefore your clients would be from a certain demographic or perhaps the people you could reach out to would only be in a very specific demographic. But over my years of experience in doing a variety of different trade shows, whether it be the Canadian National Exhibition, all the variety of the national health shows that I have participated in, what has become apparent to me is that the most, there's so many people who walk into your chair for a 20 minute demo who you would never think were going to be sort of maybe a viable, like if you could remove judgment, it's open to everybody. Yes. Because unfor- no, in a fortunate way, it just happens to become the communicator or the tool in the moment mm-hmm. when people are open to it, that provides them just a different view. Yes. So therefore, it's open to everybody, young, old, sick, healthy. It doesn't matter. We are all just the collective consciousness of our experiences. And so biofeedback is this opportunity to provide you maybe an insight mm-hmm. to what those experiences are. Yes. And how if you can look past whatever you bring into it and you just allow it to be and allow yourself to absorb it like yourself, like you're sharing, you're now, you know, a few weeks after a session and it's still coming to you. Oh gosh. And quite yes. often. And quite often I say that to people, I will say, listen, you're going to leave here and you're going to be so overwhelmed, but I guarantee you, you're going to have these aha moments as it goes. Yes. At first you just, first of all, I was exhausted and I was hungry. <laughs> so I went home. I think I sat on the couch, had a meal and went to bed and had a great sleep. And I've been sleeping really well. One of the things we talked about is opening up the third eye. And I've always been a dreamer, but I have been super actively dreaming lately and very, very vividly um, to the point where I can write down very fine details. Sometimes you dream or you go someplace at night and you wake up and it's kind of distorted. You can't really recall on things, but I'm recalling like very vivid details. I have my... um, your organ generator yes um so I keep this with me and like you suggested with the free writing I I keep it with me um but yeah I don't even know where I was going that but you did say when we were talking about the candidates I had a thought the other day what an amazing tool and in your case you use it for your son um but 
with children because children can't always communicate what's going on on the inside. And I was thinking, my goodness, for anyone who has kids, I don't have kids yet, but when I do, I um, think this would be a phenomenal tool to help the communication between the child and parent to get a sense of what's going on. What's your take on that? Oh, okay. (laughs) That is a huge, huge uh, bag of worms. (laughs) So, so what I want to say on that is that children, um, they, they don't have the, um, they do not have the barriers in place that we get as we go on. So life experiences bring us these things and they show us, okay, that's not safe. I don't understand that. However, like children do not have the barriers that perhaps adults have learned to accept, if that makes any sense. Some adults so have I learned have to accept. On so many, yeah. So I have had, um, one of my biggest joys in this particular career is working with the body of children that are deemed to be on this, what is called the autistic spectrum or the collection of ADHD or oppositional defiance and these things. And when you, when you hook up these children, for example, and you actually see where they're coming from, the, the limitations are different. And so it's a really big can of worms. This is a difficult one to explain. But I have worked with children that were told that parents were told they were never going to speak. They were nonverbal. They had all these medical reasons as to why they would not excel. And through biofeedback, giving parents the, the idea, and I don't like the word hope because hope implies perhaps... Um, that it's just up to someone else, but giving parents the opportunity to view it from a different perspective. So if you're told your child is nonverbal and will never speak and in a biofeedback session, and now I'm dealing with children uh, as I've had children here at two weeks old. Wow. <laughs> and I've worked with those children until they're six who were told they were, I'll never, I, I can recall a particular client the the child the mother was told that the child was dysmorphic. And I'll never forget in that moment thinking, what is dysmorphic? I I literally, in everything that I knew, had to go and research what was dysmorphic. I was going to ask you because I don't know what that means. So by the medical definition, dysmorphic means they just don't, when you look at them, you know something's wrong. Okay. But you don't, there's no perhaps medical reason as to why. And I'll never forget this parent coming in and asking me, do you think my child has Down syndrome? I remember as a mother at the moment going, okay, I can, I, I, I remember looking at the child thinking, okay, something's going on, but I didn't view it as a problem. I didn't Mm -hmm. view it as a sort of anti anything. I just knew something was going on. And so we started the whole biofeedback process and years I've worked with this child for years and Yes, she perhaps, or he or she perhaps doesn't maybe come at the world and you look at her and you know, there's something, I guess, based on normalcy doesn't add up. Mm -hmm. However, through a biofeedback perspective, and I, I, I wish I could make this make sense, but she really wasn't even here yet when she was born. She was this collection of nervous sort of sporadic energy and all these things. And yes, when it comes down to what we expect the human experience to be, perhaps there's limitations there. 
perhaps there are things that she's not measuring up to, but by goodness gracious, she is far subpoenaed. Like she can't, she's been my client. She would come every two weeks and we worked on brain tomography. We worked on connecting the various different synapses of the brain. And this young person is excelling. Is it excelling based on what we view the world today? Perhaps no. On the box. But at that child yeah. level, she's absolutely Thriving. doing the best she can. Yeah. So biofeedback in children is like, they don't have a voice, especially if they're little. And especially if we buy in, and, and again, there's no right or wrong. No right or wrong. If you have a child that's not measuring up and you're trying to find your avenue, please understand, expand your avenues, expand your, your spectrum. Because I, there, there's a part of me that knows, I know in my heart and my soul, children are coming in and they just vibrate higher. And so medical science, and again, I am no doctor, but they have to sort of put things in their categories. Yes. Right. Absolutely. In biofeedback, we really don't have categories. We're just kind of dealing with what is presented in that moment. Mm -hmm. And you could have a nonverbal child, a a severely autistic child. You could have a child that doesn't um, perhaps has physical limitations. But if you just treat everybody as an energy that needs support, if we can fill in the little spots, one one little grain of rice at a time, we can help maybe that young person, that child, that energy, whatever they do to, to sort of soar at the very top of what they can achieve. Yes. No limitations. If that makes any sense. No, it doesn't look like what we put limits on, but there are no limitations when you come to the actual soul of an entity. Yeah, absolutely. There, a couple of things came to me when you were talking, Carrie Ann, um, see if I can find it here. The kids, yes, the kids and the labels right now. I don't know if I was talking to you, maybe it was Christine or Michelle. Um, a lot of uh star seeds coming in right now. Oh, and and they're being labeled with all of these labels and all these yeah. limits and, and put it in all these boxes, and it is destroying what they were what they came here to do, which has helped to elevate and move us forward um as a collective. Um, yeah. And I, I, it was so heartbreaking. I can't recall the conversation is exactly, but you just see it happening so much, you know, kids, six, seven, eight years old being jacked up on pills and being labeled in this way. And it's just heartbreaking because these children have so many gifts and are such a blessing, but people have their blinders up and their blinders on. And it is just, you can almost see the walls caving in on these kids, you know, like, distorting their capacity, their abilities. I don't know if I'm explaining yeah. myself right. Yeah, I think you are. And I think, and I mean, there is a very um, famous little cartoon, if you want to call it. And, and I, it's why I talk about the goldfish on the, in the bowl on yeah. the table and you have the elephant and you have the giraffe and you have the monkey and you have, you know, the rhinoceros and you have, you have the, the plethergy of all those beautiful animals. But then you have this body, this governing body saying, okay, here's your test. Who can go and get that coconut the fastest gets the highest score. So back to the goldfish in the bowl. It's not that the goldfish in the bowl doesn't have the value. Mm -hmm. 
It's just that it's impossible for that goldfish to climb that tree. And if you look at that analogy alone, and we talk about star seeds, children from different realms, which this is a this is a conversation that many people don't they don't want to have this conversation, right? We've been taught where's your box? Okay, I'm born, I'm white, or I'm African American, or I'm Asian, or I'm Christian, whatever it is. If it's Christian, Muslim, um, Hindu, all these amazing, incredible things that we can't look outside of that. And children innately know how to look outside of that. Yes. And unfortunately, and I, this is where I get a little nervous, but I don't think as a commu- as a world or a community, we're doing service by applying labels to these children. I agree. Because they're coming in, they already know far better than the generations before them. And back to my example of my own child, my firstborn, I knew he came here to do great things. But because of systems and because of just trying to put everybody in their box, he unfortunately has met with some limitations because he's believed somehow his brain works differently. Well, what if we what if we flipped that conversation and said, yeah, your brain works differently and it's awesome. And it's awesome. Absolutely. Yes. Right. Yeah. And but in a school like system, we don't have enough things in place to allow the awesome brains to be as successful as those brains that can just tow the party line, if that makes any sense. Yes. And again, no judgment. If you can tow the body. When I speak like this, it is not to. um put down any child it's just that we are failing our children on so many levels because we're not allowing them to soar because we need them to fit in a box yes no I hear you I hear you loud and clear and the reason we're having this conversation is to open that box yes it's to give new perspective like you said it's not about judgment it's not about dooming people or wronging people it's to bring more value you know, at yeah. the end of the day, we're all here to make our own choices and we're going to do that. Um, but we're in this together and yes. we're all teaching each other. Correct. And the more we can educate ourselves, we're all better off. It is so it's just such a powerful um example of if we can park our egos, our genders, our religious um foundation all if we can park all that at the door and just sit in a circle and just resonate together the power in that is quite remarkable yes and so biofeedback can take someone who thinks and again no judgment but they have their own perceived ideas of what is happening but now we have a device that's res- that's, that, that's kind of measuring on an unconscious level un- like not conscious to the client Mm-hmm. This is what your body is saying. So it provides an opportunity to look at something. And for example, with children, they don't generally have a whole lot going on, but they could have brought in stuff they're here to fix. Yes. That's a conversation that a lot of people cannot understand. So if you come in a true empath or you come in a true sensitive, or you come in with the weight of the world that like, that's just a saying 
but it's very plausible. It's very possible that a child sees the world through that filter. That resonates because that's one of the things I feel like I'm here to do is a spread love, but I'm also here to clear out the clutter for myself, for future self, for future generations, for family lines. Like I'm here just getting rid of all the goop, you know? And I think it's true. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you fix it, do you fix it? As you fix it for you, you fix it forward and you fix it backwards. That's right. Forwards and backwards right? and here and, and now. And these are the conversations that people don't want to have. And we've had all these limitations placed on us based on what we think is our, what are the expectations? Okay. Female, white, um, perhaps provided an education. Those are your expectations. Male. I don't know, Indian, um, these are your limitations, uh, female, black, these are your limitations. Like the world has provided us an opportunity. No, they've provided, again, I'm going to go back to these boxes. Mm -hmm. Whereas if, if you removed the boxes and it wasn't about gender or race or religion, we all bleed red. We all have a heart. The systems work the same. It doesn't matter what our exteriors looked at. But in order to control us, we have been taught to own what is our exterior. So I'm female. I'm white. This is my exterior. I'm male. I'm Indian. This is my experience. This is, I think, but if, if we could literally break down those barriers and sit and speak and put blindfolds on, we're all the same. We're all just trying to elevate. We're all just trying to resonate. And and in that collective resonation, we elevate what is the human experience. Yes. Yes. You when you were talking there, I kept thinking because I was reading about the chakras um over the weekend and what oh the thought just keeps coming and going. Um okay, it's gonna come, it's gonna come back to me, but it's okay. I, I want to bring it back to the biofeedback though. So when we're in session and I guess what I want the audience to understand is how is the machine helping them? What is what's happening there to help them either open them up to release? Um, what's the exchange happening with the machine and the person? I think the machine, uh, and again, the machine is just the tool, but the um, the ultimate conversation is happening between the energy that represents the body in the chair. Mm-hmm. And yes, there is a device that is interpreting energy. And then you would have the practitioner who's been trained to sort of uh, read the energy and get and provide an opportunity for the client to sort of take a look at it. But what's happening in biofeedback is that, for example, you think you have mastered your, I don't know. you're craving for sugar. I, I, I'm trying to come up with something. And then you're in a, in a biofeedback situation and, and sugar cravings and things are coming up. And you're like, what do you mean? I don't eat any sugar, right? So it's a typical, what are you talking about? I don't eat sugar. I'm like, okay. Do you dream about eating sugar? Do you want sugar? Are you craving sugar? Are you, are you literally consumed with the idea that you cannot have the sugar? Doesn't mean you're not eating it. You could possibly, you could absolutely not be eating it. Mm-hmm. But from an energetic perspective, your body is coming at this from a place of lack, mm-hmm. from a place of wanting. 
And even though you're not consuming it, the very conversation that's happening in your body is, God damn it, I want sugar. Yeah. (laughs) So biofeedback provides this opportunity for, if I say, okay, what about the sugar cravings? If in our third dimensional, what are you talking about? I don't eat sugar. Whereas if you could expand it and go, I really miss sugar. Yes. What am I denying myself? It hurts myself that I can't have this exchange. I'm feeling sad because I want this or I'm feeling, I feel deprived because I can't have this or I'm not. It's not in the actionable stuff. It's not that because I'm not eating. What are you feeling? Yes. Well, you said, and I remember this so vividly, we got to get off the, I think this, I think that. No, it's, I feel this. I feel that. And I challenge any human being, if you actually had to tell the world what you were feeling, most human beings would find that uncomfortable. Yes. Being honest with yourself for the first time, I, for me and my experience being very, Sorry, let me say this again. I've always been honest with myself. I was not honoring that part of myself. Yes. And now I'm honoring it. And yes, when you hear the saying, get comfortable with the uncomfortable, I used to hear that all the time. And Tony Robbins and all the big guys, the gurus would always speak about this. I'm like, who would ever come to a place where they feel comfortable with the uncomfortable? But as I honor my truth and I actually do that over and over again, I can easily, okay, this is a little uncomfortable, but I'm okay with it. Yes. You know what I mean? But I'm okay. I'm not going to resist it. I'm not going to throw it back into the darkness. I'm going to shine the light right on it. Nice and bright. Absolutely. And I mean, think about what we're dealing with as a world right now. Like we're dealing with, and again, it doesn't matter what side of the coin you're on, but if human beings truly wanted to sit with how they feel and you watch anything in any part of the world, if you sit in it and you feel it, it's heavy. But every time it's heavy, we have this opportunity to bring light to it. That's right. We can't fix what has been um, designed from a in a regime that we can't, it doesn't matter what it is, you can't fix it. But you can, in the moment... You can bring it into your heart. You can say, I don't like that. And you can bring light to it. Yes. Are you going to fix the suffering of an individual in such catastrophic events? Probably not. However, your commitment to the collective consciousness, which knows ultimately this is wrong. It's wrong that human beings impose this kind of suffering. Collectively, we can change that. And so your opportunity on a biofeedback system or my particular modality is an opportunity to, this is what's happening with you. And this is where it is stored. Like you're, you're harboring rage in your, in your liver, for example. And these are just examples. Um, what can we do? What can we do to help you release that rage? Mm-hmm. Can we use biofeedback to alter the frequencies? Therefore, we can simply bring down the reactivity. 
bring up the residency, which tells you that your liver doesn't want to harbor that rage. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And you can maybe not possibly get in touch with it in your conscious mind, but in your subconscious mind, maybe we can make a, just a, uh, there's a thing on the biofeedback system. We call it a DNA tingle. But if it's not about your DNA, what if it's just a bio, what if it's a bioresonant signature tingle? So we can take all that rage and just go mm, dial it down just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like these things are, there's no quick fix. Alana, there is no quick fix, no. but it's an opportunity to start a conversation. Yes. That perhaps you were not aware of previous to, or it actually may provide you things you don't want to look at, but there's an opportunity in that as well. Yes. Yes. All oh, that's so good, Carrie. And it <laughs> came back to me. I wrote it down this time. So <laughs> earlier you were talking about the boxes. We've been talking about yeah. putting, putting ourselves into boxes, um, which form belief systems and a part of our identity in, in a lot of sense. Um, and it's amazing what, even if it's not going on in the family home, the content we're consuming in terms of what's out there on the media. And it might not even be something we're paying attention to. It's just running in the background and it becomes a part of our programming. And I realized in myself how much, I know this sounds silly, I would look to the movies for romance. Oh, it's fairy tales. You know, yes. I didn't like what was going on with my parents and, and other couples I knew of as yes. And I was like, oh, but it must be like this. That's true love. This is how it's going to happen. Everything's yes. a fairy tale. And that's what I was seeking. Yes. No ownership, no responsibility, no accountability. It's just, it's two people are going to wham, bam, come together and everything's going to be perfect. Right? And it's like, honey. It's no. a Hollywood moment. <laughs> right? <laughs> Honestly, and I know that sounds silly, but right into my early It doesn't early sound 20s. silly. Okay, Alana, it doesn't sound silly, but imagine, imagine just that scenario. Yeah. And then you come to somebody like me and I'm doing biofeedback and I hook you up and I'm doing this thing called unconscious reactivity. And in your unconscious reactivity, it says, um, unconditional, passionate love. So as your practitioner, I say, Alana, let's talk about unconditional, passionate love. And you're like, what? Because perhaps, perhaps, perhaps it's not happening or it's not manifesting in what's considered your current third dimensional experience, right? Mm-hmm. You as Alana, but in your mind and in your heart and in your soul, because you've watched this Hollywood experience, you are bringing this, this, the energy of what that is into your very essence. Yeah. So you go to a biofeedback person and it says, what, what, what's this about? And you say, well, that's not about me. That's not happening in my life. That's bullshit. Like you could, you could just, 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 just decredit it. But like, if you're watching those movies and you're feeding yourself with that energy, Trust me, you're taking it in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't realize right? just how much until I was like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's just one example. You it's know? just an example. And it's not yeah. personal to you, Elena. But like, you know, there are lots of people whom um, they identify with whatever they identify with. And then they can seek somebody like me out and they walk in and they've made a decision based on whatever, whatever. And then you sit them down and they're, they're already building their blocks of why this is not, this is not, this is something I don't understand. Therefore it's not real. Yes. So in that, in an, in an example like that, I can provide you with what 
energetically you're providing to the system. This is your body and a biofeedback system. This is not me. I am simply the practitioner who's been trained to read the data, right? I think for me specifically, I've been doing this so long that there's been, there's, there's this level of symbiosis perhaps that has happened because I can learn to read what the body is communicating. And sometimes the client is, doesn't want to consciously get there. However, I can kind of help them say, well, could it be this? Mm -hmm. Could you be reacting to this? Because you just watched four hours of romance movies. And then the light bulb goes off and they go, yes, it's been the Hallmark month. And I've been watching all these movies and blah, 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 blah. Like, and you say, okay, so how do we break that down and figure out like, why are you choosing to bring that into your existence? Why are you as the person stuck on this? It's going to be this boom moment. I'm going to fall in love. Everything's going to be perfect, which goes to speak to your lack of accountability, lack of awareness, lack of all these things. So you can see where there's always the pancake effect. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally does. Because in that moment, now you're looking to the root of the potential issues that you weren't seeing before that you were blinded to really. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. (laughs) Oh, that's so good, Karen. I'm just trying to think, was there anything else? Is there anything you feel, um, that people could benefit from hearing? Was there anything else that you'd like to share um, at this point? I think when it comes down to biofeedback, like that's one word. I think um, you can like Google biofeedback and you're going to be met with all kinds of yay or nay or positives, negatives. There's multiple different sort of um devices that have been put out there and, and things that perhaps are positive or negative. And what I would want to put out there is that I have come to know in my 20 plus years of doing this, that if the intentions are there and you want this to do well, the experience and the, and the results are going to be positive. However, if you come in with a closed mind and you are determined to have a specific result or you feel like you're just it's just a naysayer and you want to prove it wrong then that's okay too but understand you're robbing yourself of that experience yes and I wish I could put into words better what I'm trying to say but biofeedback is just something that yes there's a scientific background however it's bigger than that if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. and maybe not I mean there are medical tests in the hospital that are all based in biofeedback. That is, that's the medical community. I think what I do is something that I have come to understand the power of it, the absolute gift that it brings. And I choose not to maybe question um, the whys. And if I'm not making sense, forgive me, but, Every time I think I figured something out, it changes the next day. And every time I think, okay, I really don't know anything anymore. Miracles happen. Yes. So I choose, I truly, Alana, every day I do this, when I see a client, I choose to say what is for the highest, bestest, greatest, please help me find a way 
And every single time it happens. Amen to and that. even, thank you. And even when I am met with great resistance, I thank the universe for that as well, because there's a lesson in that for me. And this is just a modality. If it doesn't work for you, that's okay. If it does, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Um, I thank you for sort of having this conversation and allowing yourself to be open to this modality because it's really only the beginning. It's just one modality, but it's something that I have come to understand is even more powerful than I can probably put to words. Yes. And that says so much. When you were talking there, forgetting about the whys, that yes. resonated so deeply on my own journey. I, I, I used to ask, why, 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 why? And I wanted the answer and I wanted it now. And it's just like, whoa, slow down. You don't need to know why. You have trust and faith that there it is serving a purpose. And like you said, even when there's met with resistance or you're unsure, that too is serving a purpose. Thank you. I always give thanks for everything because yes. I know as long as I continue to say thank you, I will receive what I need to receive. The yes. moment I say, no, no, I don't want to interrupt resist and I, and I don't surrender to it. That's when I'm going to stop myself in the progress that I want to make. Um Powerful, powerful, powerful. It is okay to not know. Yes, it absolutely is. And I think that's a message a lot of people need to hear right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think biofeedback provides an opportunity to, to just sort of give you a different perspective. And if, depending on how open you are, we it can provide multiple avenues, but it can also be limited based on what you can handle in that moment. Mm-hmm. It's right? a progression though, right? Yeah. And every time you get... Ex- Bingo. Exactly. Yeah. I, I feel like I know we're running out of time, but it's just, it's such a powerful um, tool, I guess. It's one of those tools you could have in your, in your, in your toolbox. Yes. And um, if it doesn't resonate with you, it's like the, um, the Phillips screwdriver when you needed a, a Robertson. Yeah. But <laughs> the point is, is that it's just an opportunity to look at things perhaps a little differently. Yes. No, it's it's so good. And thank you, Carrie Ann. And I know this is not the end for you and I. So I know I mean, it isn't either. And yes. I, you know, I used to go on these shows and I would tell people all the famous people in the world that were my clients, but I have I have let go of that. It it, it doesn't matter. We are all equally important pieces of one puzzle, and that's the collective consciousness. Yes, we and are. so I think that if that language is offensive, I'm, I'm okay with that because I don't mean it to be. Yeah. I just know that I have for 20 years now stumbled upon this modality that I resisted in the beginning. Yes. But now I just simply, I trust it. I go with it. And this is how I work now. Yes. I know that I am divinely guided to do this work. Yes, you are. And thank you. And we're all, we are all benefiting, you know, we all have unique gifts. I absolutely believe that we all have something to contribute and share. And yes, and I'm excited. I'm excited because I'm at the beginning of so much new in my life. Oh, you're so powerful, Alana. You have no idea. Oh, Carrie. No idea. (laughs) And if I can help you in any way, I'm always available to you. Thank you so very much for that. I hope I've answered some of your questions and most of your questions. 
Yes, you absolutely have. I mean, I think this has been a fabulous conversation. I'm excited to share it. Honestly, like you're so, your your gifts are so powerful. And up until Christine, I never heard of this modality. And I'm just excited to share it with the world. And whoever is meant to hear it is going to hear it. And I thank you for that. And I want, the only thing I want to add to that whole thing, Alana, is that there are so many depths and dimensions that this can go into, but this is just an introductory to what the surface is. And um, sometimes there's just such depth in this work that even blows my mind. And so I just kind of go with it and say, okay, here we go. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, this sense? could be like, a progression. Like I'm going to be doing this for a long time to come and we can, we can layer it. I think this is a good awesome. base level for people to, to get yeah. a concept and a feel yeah. and a sense yeah. of things. So yeah. And then okay. I was thinking too, one last thing I want to say is I've had resistance today all day and I'm so grateful <laughs> to end a day like this. I went, like I told you at the beginning, I was crying, you know, things have been coming up. I just, I, I wanted to go home and just go into my bed and go to sleep, you know, and I, oh. <laughs> because we're not, we, here's, a, here's a lesson that I learned many years ago. You know, if you ever tell the universe, if you ever tell God, your plan, he's just gonna, and God, and God to me is not a man or a being or, you know, okay. If you tell the universe, your plan, watch how the universe challenges you and says, how bad, how much, how committed, right? So your resistance, my resistance was, now that we got to this part of the conversation, we did it. We did it. (laughs) And aren't you glad you feel good, right? (laughs) I do. And I, and I want to thank you because anything that is new comes with great opportunity to be told how ridiculous it is right but to me it's not new but to a lot of people this is brand new and I I welcome the naysayers and I understand all that and I but I also have no attachment to it it's okay whatever it is that's right you know I'm not selling any snake oil I'm just telling you what I do and I'm telling you that the the life changing experience that have happened have changed my life and I'm grateful to that yes and thank you for sharing thanks mwah, 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 mwah. <laughs> I love you, you girl you have okay. a lovely evening Bye. As Marie Forleo would say, I just want to highlight and underscore again this final quote from Carrie Ann when she says, if you ever tell God your plan, watch how the universe challenges you. How bad, how much, how committed. Anything that is new comes with great opportunity to be told how ridiculous it is. I welcome the naysayers. I also have no attachment to it. My goodness, Carrie Ann hits a home run with this point. Coming back full circle to the beginning of this recording, when I speak to self-love, self-respect, I fundamentally believe when we truly love ourselves and know our worth and know our value, what other people say really doesn't make a difference in how you operate in your day-to-day life. 
This is a place I've really stepped into through my own personal growth, and I welcome everyone to join me here. It's through working with people like Carrie Ann, being open to exploring new things such as biofeedback for the first time, and having a willingness to explore what feels right to me, not what other people say about it, but let's experience it and let's feel it out for ourselves. Being in an open and ongoing conversation with our hearts, our minds, our body, soul, and with spirit, it's a very holistic, all-encompassing, inclusive approach. In other words, it's not fixed, it's not rigid, and it's not pointed in one direction. There is absolutely no right or wrong way about going about this. As my friend, guide, and mentor would say, it is a constant dance and one that I am willing to be in flow with, and I certainly hope you are inspired to do the same for yourself, especially after today's episode. So on that note, thank you again for joining me and my guest in today's episode. Carrie Ann is not openly on social media, so if you have any questions or would like to get in touch with her directly, I ask that you please redirect your questions through the Courageously Authentic Instagram page. Eventually, we will have a functioning website to redirect you to. However, in the meantime, this is the best way to connect. So give us a follow to stay up to date on the latest guest to be featured on the show, as well as get your frequent dose of positivity through this page. I hope wherever you are on the world and in life in this very moment that you unlock something for yourself in today's episode and uh, hopefully it added to your experience in some way for the highest and best until next time with love alana